This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Kenji Cataldo. I'm Suyuno Amos. Each week, we'll be talking story with grassroots community organizers at the forefront of progressive movements for change in Hawaii. Over this series, we're featuring the 30 grantees who received community-raised funds through the Hawaii People's Fund this year. It's our biggest cohort to date, and we're so excited to share their stories with you. Today, we have three guests from the Hawaiian Kingdom Weekly, a bi-weekly newscast produced and hosted by high school students. We're speaking with the newscast's two student anchors, Hema Watson and Anuhaya McDougall, along with their mentor, Kumu Trevor Atkins, who writes for the show and coaches the students. The Hawaiian Kingdom Weekly is a project of Ke'ea Hawaii, an interscholastic student council composed of elected student leaders from Hawaiian-focused charter schools. We were excited to see their work planting seeds for a new generation of Hawaiian media makers. Kumu Trevor invited us to Halau Kumana Charter School, where they record their episodes, and we got a first-hand glimpse of all the work that goes into each newscast. We sat down with Anuhea, Hema, and Trevor after they got their final takes. Okay, so we are here in the newsroom. We've been having so much fun hanging out with Anuhea McDougall, Hema Watson, and Trevor Atkins. Could you all maybe just introduce yourselves and Ke'ea Hawaii and talk a little bit about who all is part of the magic making of Ke'ea Hawaii? Okay, aloha. Uh, my name is Hema Watson. Um, I am one of the anchors on the Ke'ea Hawaii news show, The Hawaiian Kingdom Weekly. Hello, I'm Anuhea McDougall. I am also an anchor on the Hawaiian Kingdom Weekly. And I'm Trevor Atkins. I'm one of the co-founders of Ke'e Hawaii. Uh, I think this is our eighth year. Uh, and I could go on and on, so I'm going to let you kind of direct us what, what exactly we want to talk about today. Okay. Maybe um, first you could just uh, talk about maybe the other students that are involved. I know we had Kaikala Spinney in here earlier doing doing camera work and went home to do the editing. And um, are there is there anyone else involved? This is actually more of a spinoff of what Kea Hawaii was focused on. So we're a interscholastic student council focused on cultivating student activities at our 17 Hawaiian focused charter schools. Uh, and so we were working on everything as far as like governance and land back and language and health and economics. And then this little project during the pandemic emerged into our biggest project, and that's our uh, weekly news show, the Hawaiian Kingdom Weekly. Can you tell us that story of how the news show uh, came about? It's it goes it goes back beyond these folks here. So I'm gonna I'll start from the beginning and I'll let you guys maybe take it uh, from there. Uh, when we started KL Hawaii, uh, it actually began as uh, I had an idea that we needed an in-person council, and a friend of mine actually I didn't know him at all, um, Kanoa Castro, had the idea of having this online community to communicate with one another across the Hawaiian Focus Charter Schools. And so we were introduced to each other by Mahina Poi Poi, Poi Sean Duart at a Kui Kalono conference. And when we sat down, we we're like, we have the same idea, except you know, one's in person and one's online. And so eight years ago, we were trying to start basically like a, somewhat of a Facebook news organization for our schools and fell flat, flat on our face over and over and over. Our Facebook page was terrible. No one went to it. 
our newsletter, no one read it. We started putting it up in bathroom stalls in all the charter schools, and that was the only way we got uh, people to read it. Uh, but we felt like we were always destined to do a little more than, than bathroom stall <laughs> one-pagers. So uh, we started the show, I really don't remember how we started the show, but you could take it from there. It was, um, I believe it was when I was in ninth grade, beginning of ninth grade. Um, and uh, I believe either you or someone else announced that it was going to be on a Monday and signed up. And she, uh, Anuhe, reminded me and I went there. And it, I was the uh, props, uh, props guy I helped set up. She was camera back behind the scenes. And we actually weren't hosts uh, for the longest time. For really like almost half the show, probably. I had one skit, maybe two. Uh, but past that, it was um, the seniors and other uh, guests that were on the show before me. Yeah, I remember um, meeting the, I'm going to call them the original Ke'a Hawaii group. And it was really cool collaborating with them, and they were really great people. But like Hema said, I was not an anchor for like the longest time, and I don't even think I wanted to be, because I'm really actually camera shy. But yeah, I started off as like a weird self-proclaimed media person. I do like all the behind-the-scenes things, and it was like that for a while. And that was during my eighth grade year. Yeah. And now we're coming up on almost two years of the show. We're not exactly weekly. We moved to bi-weekly more recently, which is a lot more sustainable. Mm. Uh, we missed quite a few weeks during the beginning of the pandemic, kind of figuring out where everybody went and, and what happened. Uh, but I think we're one of the longest running news shows nowadays, at least in the context of the Hawaiian Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And uh, we intend to be like the Hawaiian language new people. There were so many of them at the same time that we kind of want to just coexist with, with other folks and be one, one ice cream flavor uh, in case folks want to get their news from us. Yeah, we're a little, I guess you could say a niche. We, we service, um, a lot of our stories are general news and some of them are specifically, or almost all of them are specifically contained to Hawaii uh, concerning activism, current uh, politics, what's going on. Um, and then, of course, in any big news that'll affect us or just news in general, we speak down the show. It's usually shorter as we don't have all the time in the world and we don't have the team behind it. Um, but we get it done and people seem to enjoy it, so. Can you tell us a little about the historical context of the new paper and sort of what it means to be continuing in, in that tradition of doing a media and news media for the Hawaiian Kingdom? The networks are racist and they are uh, exceedingly controlled by corporate monopolies that are now at the point where they're being publicly traded. So their decisions are based on stockholders. And we've watched the Hawaii news, the Hawaii television networks go from, you know, there was five of them and then there was three of them. And now there's essentially two of them. Uh, and the same things happened with radio. Uh, and there really just isn't a place where you know, mass media isn't racist towards Native Hawaiian people and towards uh, Hawaiian Kingdom thinking. And uh, a lot of our Hawaiian-focused charter schools believe and, and uh, we're backed up by, law, by international law that we're, we're in the Hawaiian Kingdom and that we're occupied by the United States of America. And that, you're not allowed to say that on network television. Um, you're not allowed to talk about the Hawaiian Kingdom. And so we're trying to create a safe space to talk about the Hawaiian Kingdom. 
So you both had experience kind of like, you, you, it sounds like you sort of moved up to being anchors. And so you had experience doing video work or does that feel like an evolution? Does it feel like you had to gain skills or gain confidence in some way to become anchors or like learn things along the way? Oh, for sure. It was, it was a lot. And um, I, we both had previous, well not previous, but during that time we had experience working with video essays and then we moved up to interviews and podcasts. And I guess during that time we kind of were able to find what we're comfortable with, what we're not comfortable with and how good we do on camera doing that kind of thing. So yeah, it was definitely a process and trying to just come to terms with like, okay, I'm really confident with the kind of thing. We like we started as a caterpillar, right? <laughs> we started as a caterpillar. I was I was moving things. You were helping. always a butterfly. Okay. I was born a butterfly. I was a butterfly in the shadows. Okay, I was a butterfly in the shadows. Um, but you know, it helped me setting up and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I I I love when I had the opportunity to get on those skits or those occasional segments. And I think that was really. Uh, fun for me and I think people actually enjoyed that somebody commented one time on it I was like that's so awesome um, and then you know fade a line day because you could say you know uh, the, the previous news anchors um, slowed down and then because of you know the stalling and whatnot we were the the backup and we came in and people enjoyed us and that's what happened yeah it's great that you got that experience though doing kind of the more basic stuff and you know you've kind of got to learn multiple parts of making it. So maybe you could talk about like all of the parts that go into making your newscasts. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, news gathering. Uh, I think a lot of it, this, the stuff we talk about is the stuff on our minds and the stuff that's like, um, obviously there's, there's more in-depth things, but I think a lot of times it's like, what's happening right now? Like we remembered, like that's what occurred. Um, so I can re ask the question. <laughs> Just, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, has no idea what, go what work goes into creating the newscast that you create, like what are all the pieces and parts that have to come together to make the newscast? I think, you know, in my opinion, it's easy to do the other stuff, but I think the biggest part is our editor, Kai Kala, because I give him credit, all right? Because he has to go through us going through a billion takes and me messing up sentences and how I'm reading, you know, too fast or just things like that. I think he plays a really big role and that's really important, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of underrated sometimes how big of a job, cause script is very important uh, because it obviously it carries all the information, mm -hmm. but if the information is being conveyed poorly, um, obviously the, the people speaking you know have to do their job right but people sometimes like don't even have to have a lot of speaking experience and can do it but as long as they have someone that can edit their bad takes or chop out their their bad words or whatever it it looks professional it sounds professional people enjoy watching it because watching a sloppy video if people are really interested in it sure they might watch to it but it's not going to be um as enjoyable or as prominent you know mm -hmm. I think some of the other things that go into the show that you might not initially notice if you haven't done production is the, the lighting, the sound, the backdrop, the foreground, uh, and like they said, a lot of the post-production stuff, uh, the costuming, the hair, the makeup. No, we don't do that sort of thing. <laughs> but um, 
the quality of the show, you know, our show is always between maybe two and four minutes, but the quality of the show really depends on how many students are in the room. Mm. More students in the room, better show. Why? Because you can just, you think of so many other things and you can have folks, you know, hey, let's, let's, let's develop this prop. Like Anu, when she first started, we were just having her like, hey, can you make props so that they can like jump in on the screen? And she was making us random props that made it more funny. We're trying to get to the level of being like Saturday Night Live in the Hawaiian Kingdom. Mm. Uh, what does that take? That takes way more people, you know? And so I think right now we're, we're sustaining ourselves, but, but if you go back and look at all the different episodes, you'll see when we had more energy, uh, when we ha had less knowledge of lighting and sound and how things have evolved over the last year and a half, two years. Yeah, it sounds like a, a whole team effort where everybody's learning a lot. I'm curious to hear about some of the things you, uh, Emma and Anu, have, have learned from this process and thinking ahead, you know, does, has this shaped at all what you're thinking about for your futures? How difficult it is to speak without stuttering. <laughs> um, speaking uh, in, without mistakes correctly the whole way through is a talent I think a lot of people underrate. Um, even in professional speaking, sometimes people can mess up. Um, and I think there's some leeway though with, with, with broadcasting because you can edit it, you know, and that kind of stuff. But it's, it's very difficult, especially when it's like you're not trained or anything. And you just have to learn it. Um, I think everybody has their own um, set of skills coming into it. But it's, no matter who you are, it's still going to be difficult. Um, yeah, and the, it's just a, it's an art, I guess you could say, trying to maneuver through all that. Yeah, I think for me, it's just getting up there and doing it, you know, and getting, getting in front of the camera and being like, okay, I'm good, let's do this. You know, I got to know when I got to stop and when I got to start talking. And like, yeah, I agree with you as well. It's about speaking. But yeah, that's, that's for me. Some of the other students that have come through, uh, you know, didn't necessarily ditch us, but like found, found larger opportunities to move on to. And it's interesting how many different fields I think we're preparing students for because uh, some of our former participants, like uh, one is going into education where you need to use your voice and, and be in front of people. And another one is going into business. And there's certainly a business side of what we're doing and trying to, trying to self-promote. Uh, we've got a number of students that have gone into the Academy of Creative Media at University of Hawaii at Manoa. So I think we have three and maybe four students with Kaikala. He's definitely headed in that direction. And then you have folks like, like Hema, who I think are more interested in the public speaking and the politics of it. I have a feeling he's going into political science. And I have no idea where Anu is going with this, but I know that it's going to play a role in what she ends up deciding to do with herself. I like the business side of things. Oh, she likes the business, business side of things. things. <laughs> yeah, I, you're, since you're starting to talk about it, I'd be curious about more sort of impacts that you've seen for, for you two also about what you've noticed in yourself and changes and then sort of also the larger picture. Mm. Like the impact it's had, it's had on us. I would say like, it definitely, it strengthens your character in a way that you know, because you have to, you're speaking and you're trying to make it enjoyable and you're trying to convey the information on the paper um, accurately and, you know, make it so that people want to watch you. And I think it, uh, 
it forces you out of your shell in a way that can be redone over and over. You're not going to be a, you know, you're not going to fail. You're just going to have more tries until you can get it right. Um, and I think, you know, some episodes are better than others, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. And it's, it's, it's almost like a safe space because you're, it's, you're not like you're in front of a crowd and they're not watching you as you do it. You're, you know, in your, in the own, in our, in our little room shooting a video and we can just take another take, take another take. And I think that's, uh, it, it allows you to, um, produce something really profound, um, while having the pressure, maybe not all there, you know. I've never been like a super confident person or just meh. So I guess that kind of helped in many ways. Like I notice now that a lot of my teachers are like, oh, okay, you know, I'm just gonna talk to everybody. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, so I guess it, it really helped me um, with self-confidence. Cool. Right? Yeah. yeah, glad to hear that. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's really obvious how it's impacting them. And I can kind of see, I think, better than they can who they are in the context of where they're going. Um, and I did not expect to influence this many students this fast, like immediately going into these careers and immediately, I, I forgot to mention uh, you couple who just starred in a play at Kennedy Theater. Um, and she was one of our former anchors. So we're taking credit, a little bit of credit, mm -hmm. even though she grew up in a theater family. Um, so that, you know, the, the impact is with the students to me is just immediate. But it, if you're asking me the question, I don't even know what kind of impact it's had on me. It's been uh, certainly reminds me to just do it because, you know, we could have waited until we had all the equipment. We had no equipment. So we started on iPhones. We're still shooting with iPhones for the most part. Yeah. Um, you know, no studio, no sound, no experience. And yet we're publishing and that's what I always tell my my students because I'm a teacher at Halokumana and I, I just say you know it doesn't matter what's going on in your head all that matters is what you actually publish and and what that looks like and so I think that's the impact for me is you know just do it and if 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 you're comfortable with it get it out there now and then figure the rest out later it's it's kind of like how you were teaching us uh when you taught us in your class um you know how you would have us put in public testimonies for bills. I think it's kind of like that. Like at first you're like, there's no way I can do that. That's, you know, that's for people who know what they're talking about. You know, like, like for like, you know, all this, that kind of stuff. But once you do a little bit of research and put in your testimony, it, it feels like, yeah, I did that. And then you won't feel as, as, um, as stressed or as nervous the next time you do it. And then it feels like I can do this all day long. Like I, and then you feel like I will do this. And it becomes a, a thing of like, um, of want rather than like, a, I don't know if I can. Yeah, I really admire you on that thing. Cause I, I remember I would be so, cause I, I lived in Vegas for a couple years. I'm from here, but I lived there for a while. And when I came here, I was like, it was like a weird, just shock. I was like, okay, wait, I got to reset like everything. And I think, I think eighth grade was a really good year for me because I always think back to you and I, I don't know how you would mention like being in an uncomfortable place is going to push you to learn more and to keep going. And I always think back to you when I get in a really uncomfortable place where I'm like, okay, I, I don't know what to do. 
So yeah, I think you're really good at that, Kumu, and I really admire that. Mahalo. This is the Kumu Shaver Appreciation I know, Podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I feel like, you know, Trevor mentioned this earlier a little bit about the kind of hole that you're filling with these new ca newscasts for, you know, news that is not racist towards the Hawaiian Kingdom and that actually comes from a Hawaiian Kingdom perspective. And I'm just curious for you both, Hema and Anuhea, like, what does that mean for you? It, is that significant to you that you're having a part to play in this kind of trailblazing? Yeah, it's great. I don't know, to me it's what, um, I didn't have anything to say. I just want to say it was great. Right, you can I, go. <laughs> like for me personally, like, um, my family kind of has a, a background in, um, and activism in, in that circles and, and that kind of stuff. And so like participating in activities that, you know, uh, prolong and, and um, give longevity to the kingdom, I think uh, is is really important. And I think is, is a, a thing of mine that I want to exercise more and more and more, more, more often. Um, and this is just one way to do it. Uh, there's plenty of other ways, but I think this show in particular because it's such a unique take on it it's 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 not something that other people are doing in the same effectiveness as we're doing it i guess you could say um we're not the biggest ever right we get maybe a few thousand a thousand maybe two thousand we used to get a few hundred we used to get 81 um but you do it long enough you do it well enough and you kind of get to a place where it's like yeah we're, we're having an impact even if it's a few people we're still servicing people and i think it's important in this kind of age of uh uh definitely media is a is a hot topic and media is a, a topic i think where because of the distrust in a lot of media people are swaying to a side which you know, maybe, maybe may not even you know take care of them and so i think um having media that speaks to that speaks uh, uh, of them and to them um rather than just going to the opposite of the media they're listening to right now, I think is, is, a, is an important thing, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's, I mean, our goal is to reach a really big audience, right? But I think starting off small and just reaching that few thousand people, you know, on a really good day, I think that matters a lot too, you know, is from starting from, like you said, 81 views and working our way up to sometimes 2,000 or 1,000 views is, it's a really good thing. And you just, you know, it's gonna be a really long process. So obviously. Take your victory step, a step at a time, yeah. Yeah. I have a little story to tell. I think this might be a good spot. So I'm, I'm talking to my brother on the phone. He lives in Hilo. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what are you up to today? And he's like, I'm getting ready for the hurricane. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, like, did the news scare you? And he's like, well, Hemo was talking about it on your show, and it reminded me like I better tie my tie my roof down. Uh, and it dawned on me like, whoa, like how many people am I not talking to all the time that are changing their daily routine because they hear something on our news show? I was just like, whoa, even if there's only a hundred people actually watching it all the way through, it's changing what they're doing with their day, and that's special. When we beat the radio, when we beat the radio to the volcanic eruption. Yeah. Oh, that was, when, that yeah, was great. We, he posted a video or a photo of, of was it Halemamau? Yeah. Erupting. Turned on the radio a few hours later. We're just getting reports. Actually, 
we just got a report. <laughs> so oh, yeah. that was nice. That was a nice feeling. I was like a small victory. It was great. <laughs> Our dream would be a beat reporter or somebody, yeah. somebody that can give us tips. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a really exciting time for grassroots media, right? There's so much possibility now. It's awesome to hear that you're, you're reaching people and really delivering news to them. You know, they're, they're learning a lot from the show and that's, that's so cool to hear. Um, I, I wanted to ask this um, maybe for some stories about some of your, your favorite show segments, or I know in the past you've also done skits or sock puppets, <laughs> things like that. I'd just love to hear about some of your, your favorite show moments. Ooh, that's, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot. Um, there were some really good moments when we weren't on the show. Um, in, the, in the early days, I remember some awesome moments of the beginnings when they were testing, testing, testing on their on on the uh, the beginnings uh, when they would wear the same outfits and like make or they had like mud on their face and like we just came back from the lobby, you know, uh, or something like that. They had like a whole skit. I think that was that was some of the very funny moments when we weren't there. Um, there was my favorite though. Oh man. That's that's a bit difficult because we really only started being anchors when we got into Uncle Ruben's studio, um, and that was the one of the first episodes that really caught on after the massive break from the pandemic because um, it was so different. I think that was one of the most moments. Not even on the show; it wasn't shown. But my brother Puna Watson, he was like doing these crazy takes. It was so funny. He was like rambling minutes, minutes and minutes, just like just t t connecting dots that did not connect. And, and um, it was hilarious. Um, and it, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was like a, a newsflash to us. It was a revelation. He had like seven, 10, 20 cameras there. It was a whole studio. He was like, yeah, well, I'll, I'll film you on a professional camera. Like that kind of thing. It gave us the, like the, the um, even though we had the idea, it gave us the idea to like, started again in a meaningful way i think that kind of was like the, the kick i think that was the favorite part your favorite part my favorite part yeah. but um uh it's really hard because also like like you said the early days were really fun and we had a lot of kids in the classroom and we would shoot in different places and i would make really cool props and it was i have so many um uh, videos and pictures on my camera of when that happened and it you know it makes me really happy but I think for right now my favorite episode was probably this one <laughs> I mean it was a longer script than we usually do and it really it was a great example of the trial and error we go through and not having the teleprompter and going through our um, our script on paper I don't know I just I had a lot of fun doing this one even though we went through a whole bunch of takes so yeah. You like the conspiracies, that's why. Oh, it was oh, lovely. Was great. <laughs> no yeah, spoilers cool just news yet. Broke this week. <laughs> I uh my favorite segment we did actually wasn't a show. It was when I I said, Okay, I wanna do top ten stories we covered this year. And so I just pulled little clips from all of our different episodes and strung them together and said, uh, you know, ten reasons why you should be proud of the Hawaiian kingdom in 2021 and it just blew my own mind like how much our kingdom had accomplished in one year and a lot of those stories were stories nobody else covered and it was just like wow we're leaving this for posterity and I think that's the point 
that's what we have on everybody that's just posting on Facebook and stream of consciousness is it's not periodical and it's not necessarily saved. And I was talking stories with my friend who's a digital archivist at Ululu uh, out in UH West Oahu. This is Koa Luke. And he was saying that, yeah, his primary job right now is to save things that are going up on Facebook because those things belong to that corporation. They don't belong to us. And so where are the new people of our, our generation? Because our kupuna saved a record of what happened every week in the Hawaiian kingdom for 50 years in, you know, nine different papers. And now when we look back, there's going to be the one narrative from Hawaii News Now, the one narrative from Star Advertiser. And I don't know what else. I, I wouldn't trust that Facebook's going to save our history in a, in a kind way, you know. And so to look back and say, well, at least we catalog this and it's, it's on YouTube and it's also on our hard drives in case anybody tries to steal it. This is what happened while we were alive, I think is, is the most exciting part for me. We should make more top tens. We should, we should, we need to make it um, fun. We need to make people proud. Because right now you might find a moment like that was such a, yeah, so cool. But like making it to where like people can like easily click on a video and be like, oh my God, we did that. That's how it happened. Well, that's so like making it um, um, eatable. I guess you could say. Like, <laughs> not putting it in a cake. I don't mean that. Edible, you mean edible. edible. Yeah. yeah, making it Eat edible. Eatable. Eatable, whatever, okay? Consume. People need to be able to consume it in a way that generates happiness and a lot of pride um, and in a way that's that's enjoyable, you know? Instead of watching a 40-minute, you know, speech, is, which is awesome, I think, like, taking that the, those five minutes, taking the five minutes of this thing and putting it together in a compilation where people now look at compilations of a whole bunch of cool things and then they can look at a compilation of cool achievements that the Hwankin did, you know, something like that. Ideas? <laughs> so you've received some, some funding from Hawaii People's Fund. How has that impacted your work? Um, maybe, mm, I don't know, has it impacted Beyond Newscasts like Kea Hawaii in general, or...? The show would have died twice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, I think it did die twice. Yeah. And then, you know, Hawaii People's Fund emails or calls and says, hey, by the way, you got the grant. It's like, oh, we're not dead. We're, this is not done. And uh, we started Kea Hawaii like I said, eight years ago with the Hawaii People's Fund grant, it was $5,000 and all of it went to flights to fly students in from the other islands and get up to Hawaii Island. And then uh, Hawaii would have died had we not gotten a, a renewed grant from People's Fund uh, because, uh, you know, we just couldn't pay for student flights out of pocket. And, you know, fast forward to the show, there's not a lot of costs, but now all of our advisors have children. And once you have children, time becomes money. And I cannot justify leaving my kids with a babysitter if I'm not doing something that's paid. And so uh, the money from Hawaii People's Fund justifies that, you know, what we're doing is important. It's a job, it takes work. You know, we wouldn't volunteer to hang out here every Thursday 
until 6 p.m. for no reason. Uh, and, and what I love is that Hawaii People's Fund actually has tipped us on a number of other grants. And so we've actually launched, gotten into a larger grant circle, uh, Native Americans in Philanthropy, and we received a Native Voices Rising grant. And so that grant's written to pay me as the advisor, and then the People's Fund grant is written to pay them as the students. And it's nice that like we're not fighting for the same pot of money. Um, and that there's, you know, there's money to fairly compensate everybody. And it's also really nice because the way we wrote the grant and with the giving project and, and the amount going up from above where it was in the past, uh, I can pay them better than their, their jobs that they can get on the street, you know? So, so we've actually attracted a couple of people away from Starbucks and away <laughs> from uh, Safeway. Uh, and away from an auto dealership because we pay $20 an hour and that's that's hard for a student or even a 23-year-old to make. In fact, that's better money than I make uh, <laughs> on some occasions. Keep it hush-hush, okay? Never mind, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> so People's Fund, yeah, saved us a couple of times. Like I I told my wife, okay, I'm sorry, we'll, we'll stop doing this for free. We can't do this anymore. And, uh, and it just keeps going. Awesome. That's great yeah. to hear. And it's great to hear that you're all able to be compensated for the amazing work you're doing and, and delivering this news. Um, I think well, one thing that's cool about this situation is oftentimes when there's a when something is mission oriented, people sort of treat it like, oh, you should, you know, if you care about it, you should just do it for free, right? But it doesn't recognize all of the labor. And I'm really glad that Sino and, and I got to see of the process when you're recording today and see all of the work that goes into getting all of the takes so i'm really glad that you're able to to do that it works in your 20s you know to like just volunteer your time and i had no idea how much Hawaii was eating up my life until i tried to start putting numbers on it and then i was like oh my goodness i can't do this to my family anymore and i was doing it you know like 20 hours a week sometimes and that's not sustainable, you know. So if we want to sustain our activists in all the different realms that Hawaii People's Fund supports, like, it makes sense. We have to compensate people, especially those that have already done their volunteer hours and, and are kind of run out of volunteer hours to give, you know. I want to mention just that I think, you know, grants aren't sustainable in the long run. And I think that we are pushing the buttons that are gonna unlock a new industry for the Hawaiian Kingdom uh, that is probably applicable outside of the Hawaiian Kingdom. But um, I feel like there's, there's an entire industry there. And whether you know our little show gets to be a part of the economic side of that, or whether we simply just maybe inspire somebody with better equipment and more skills, mm -hmm. um, I think this grant is gonna change the landscape and eventually create jobs in this sector that uh, people maybe hadn't a fathom before. And so, you know, it'd be great if we can be financially sustainable. I'm glad to hear you're interested on the business side uh, because that's, I think the next iteration of this is, is let's sustain ourselves. But uh, even if we don't figure it out, I feel like we've at least, I think, charted a path for, for other organizations with maybe more experience to see the hole that you mentioned and, and fill this void.
You've got such a strong vision, really, for for the future and kind of this future you want to create and the goals you're striving towards. And um, so I think this is a perfect time to talk about, like, how can our listeners get involved in investing in that future and supporting um, your project? You know, how, how can also just where can we if nobody has heard of these newscasts before, where can we watch them? How can we tune in? Oh, so we have a Facebook series. We have a Facebook page. We also have an Instagram page, and we and we have a YouTube. So, currently, our Instagrams are under Kea Hawaii, K E E A Hawaii, um, and our Facebook as well, and I believe our YouTube. Um, but we are going to be transitioning to them being under Thwink, T H W N K, the Hawaiian uh, King Weekly. We're, we are actively trying to partner with people. So, if there are other organizations out there listening that want to partner. We want to combine forces and and get bigger. Um, we're trying to work with our native stories, and we're trying to work with Mana Maoli and Kanai Okana's uh, media side. Uh, Hawaii People's Fund, of course. We're happy to work with you folks and uh, anybody else that's that's doing news. We we have a partner called um, Hawaiian Kingdom Now, out of Hilo. Uh, which is also doing a weekly Hawaiian Kingdom news show for a while. Um, and that spun out of Na'au News Now, which I think might be the, the oldest, at least in our time, um, started back when Mauna Kea got hot the first time in 2014. Uh, and, and so we're trying to partner with whoever's out there, you know, because I think we'll, we'll get picked off one by one if we don't unify. So we're open to folks listening if they want to join forces. Well, mahalo for talking with us tonight, the end of your long <laughs> shooting day. Very long, too many takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for sitting down with us. It was really a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so oh, much. Thank you. And one, two, three. Ah, hui, ha. Okay, no, it's <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me. And me. With additional support from... Mickey! Our theme music is Revolutionary, from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. Production of this podcast is supported by a fellowship from Princeton University. Thank you to our community donors and to you, our audience, for listening. In our next episode, we'll be speaking with Ma'i Movement Hawaii. There are people of all ages who are menstruating that simply do not have products. With brethren overseas. You don't want to miss it. <laughs>